Up In Your Business. I'm Jay Sokol. I'm Natalie Reese. And we have a really good show today. Natalie has finally come out of retirement. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, you. You have turned down my request to record a podcast for seven months. I do my best. I do my best for sure. Um, yes, it's... I've come out of quarantine hiding. Yes, sure. you have. So the last time we recorded together, we were interviewing the Delise brothers about Burger Mojo. Mm -hmm. And uh, we interviewed Corey and Jenny Davis about walk-ons. Right. And then the pandemic hit and our whole world was turned upside down. Right. Uh, especially for the business community. So we're, we're far from being past all of that. But I want you to talk to me about how your role of economic development has changed over these last many months. Wow. Wow. Well, all of our roles have changed, right? I mean, I never just just looking back, you know, you said the last six, seven months, um, the conversations that have happened at my kitchen table, whether it's on Zoom or working on some of the programs that we've done for economic development, just being part of that whole quarantine and trying to figure it out with the rest of the community. What the heck do we do? How do we help other residents? How do we help other businesses? Um, so one of the first things that, that we did early on was trying to figure out how, how we would have the biggest impact, what programs, what, what things could we put in place that would have the biggest impact. And um, we, as a staff, got together. And when I say we, it's it's every department. It's, it's folks in finance, it's legal, um, interviewing our hoteliers, what are, because they were hit the, the hardest the first. Yeah. They were the first ones to feel it, right? When Whenever the governor issued the shelter in place order, we had events that were happening here that all of a sudden just shut down and our hotels were emptied and, we had thousands of people that are that are employed in the hospitality industry that that didn't have a job, uh, didn't have customers, and so we got together as a staff. We started reaching out to to folks that we trusted in the community. We reached out to local businesses. Um, I think Jim Pillins with the local small business administration got tired of me calling him every day. Yeah. You know, trying to figure out the whole PPP loan and who would qualify for that and what could we put in place to help supplement or complement that. And so we we put our heads together, we cobbled up every grant, loan, any type of program that we could put together that we thought would help small businesses and our residents. And at the end of all that, we, we ended up putting a total of about 1.4 million in the hands of our small business owners. And then another 1.3 with our residents. And so whether that was utility assistance, rental assistance, mm -hmm. uh, bridge loan programs we put in place to tide you over until the small businesses could qualify for the PPP loans. Um, we, we did a little bit of anything and everything to try to help our local businesses and residents. And that's not a role you had really ever found yourself in, right? You hadn't tried to secure grant money like this to throw into the hands of people who need it immediately. I mean, that's not something you had done, is it? No, no. And and I think it was new for a lot of us as yeah. well in, in terms of what is going to help our local citizenry the most, right? And what is going to help our local businesses? I mean, I think we all felt, whether it's professionally or personally, felt a responsibility to our local coffee shops and our restaurants and trying to help them through and 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 give as much business their way as we possibly could. But this was a whole new role for us. And we all just, uh, without exception, everyone wanted to help. Yeah. and wanted to know how to help and that's you know coming up with the bridge loan program that's not something that a city does 
quickly, right? And But we were able to do that because the council was behind us, city manager's office was behind us. If this is if this is gonna help our small businesses and we think that that we'll be able to keep some employees as part of this, then then by all means, let's, let's go after it and do it. Yeah. So are you past that process or is it still ongoing? You know, I, it's ongoing. Now, the, the funding, we've distributed it as quickly as it's come in. Yeah. Um, so it, in terms of additional funding, it's not really there quite yet. But I think the recovery, at least in the hospitality industry, we're really looking, you know, one to three years out to, to get visitors back in a big way um, safely here in College Station. Right. So that's probably as good of a segue as, as we're going to get. As many people know, the city started its own tourism division after participating in and and funding an outside agency arrangement that represented the entire community. So that tourism division falls under you and economic development. And I know you have suddenly found yourself spending the bulk of your days and nights and weekends uh, focusing on something very different than you have in previous years. So I wanted you to explain what's been created and, and why and, and how economic development and tourism makes so much sense together. Right. Yeah. Well, traditionally, um, as a community, we've really separated our marketing and our recruitment efforts by industry. So it, as a city department for economic development, we really focus on those primary job industries, whether it's high tech, manufacturing, office type uh, jobs in, in recruiting that 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 specific industry. Um, and then we also focus, focus on the retail side as well and reach out to areas that we think would help fill gaps in our market to help from a sales tax perspective. Right. And then we had a third party that was handling any type of tourism, any type of marketing and outreach for tourism, whether it was conventions or sports. And so initially, when you think about tourism and economic development, you don't think they go together, but in terms of sales, outreach, marketing, consolidating and streamlining those under one umbrella mm -hmm. so that you're um, able to target very specific audiences and a very clear message, right? I mean, we want to position College Station as a destination and we want to market ourselves that way, whether it's a place for you to live, attend school, for you to visit, for you to host your next convention, your uh, business expansion plans, all of those things. We want to position College Station as a destination for that. And so putting all of all of those efforts under one umbrella, especially after the, the COVID pandemic and being able to really laser focus in on some of the marketing efforts and put all that together in one message hmm. um, it is an opportunity for, for College Station. It's it's really a long-term strategic play. It's, it's nothing short-term that we thought, oh, well, we need to make some minor adjustments. This is a major strategic shift for us to be able to consolidate those sales, service, and marketing efforts for all industries in College Station, especially the, the hospitality and tourism industries. So we've undergone some some branding to help explain those, those different pieces and how they all fit together. Talk about what we've come up with. So we've, we've, we've come up with really three calls to action when, when it comes to what is it that we want from our audience from a marketing perspective. And whether I like it or not, I have your voice in the back of my head saying, okay, who's our audience mm -hmm. and what is it that we want them to do? I'm like, well, okay, we want them to, to visit. 
right? We want them to visit our community. We want them to compete in College Station, which is really that whole sports tourism that we've been able to really uh, make some headway when it comes to sporting events, whether it's at the university level with the new NCAA events that were announced yesterday, the four new events, um, or having events at Veterans Park and hosting major softball and soccer seven-on-seven events. So it's the visit, compete, and then grow College Station is the economic development side whether it's expanding your business or locating your business in College Station. So those are the, the three individual brands, but as you just explained, how they how they all work well together. Right. Um, so what have you learned about the compete side, the tourism side, that maybe you, you didn't quite know before you found yourself diving straight into this? Right. You know, on the, on the tourism side, I... I really didn't understand how all of it interrelates, right? So we'll recruit a major sporting event. Like last weekend, we had the uh, weekend before last, we had the Cindy Cowart softball event. So you've got hundreds of visitors here that are staying in your hotels that are at Veterans Park. How do we take that next step to make sure that they're visiting our local businesses? Mm -hmm. I mean, our, our small businesses are struggling from, from the impacts of COVID, from just the overall economy in general and the lack of visitors that we're seeing to our community with all of this is trying to really find a way to plug those visitors into our local businesses, whether it's purchasing um, T-shirts at Aggieland Outfitters, it's eating dinner at, at Century Square. How do we take those visitors and then plug them into our local businesses to make a big impact? Yeah. Well, and we've talked about it before, we are such an event-centric city. Yeah. We go from event to event to event, and most of those events of, of any size are from Texas A&M. Right. And those have been impacted uh, severely and, and are starting to come back in, in smaller numbers. But it's so important for the compete side of our business right. to be drawing in more tournaments and... and because that's going to drive the traffic, as you said, into the hotels and into the businesses and so forth. Right. Talk about the challenges that you are hearing from from our new staffers um, on the meeting side of things, because the meetings and conventions, that's that's still a whole different ballgame, right? It, it really is. And, and it's a very um, complex uh, formula when it comes to having a convention. Folks typically look for one location, have everything under one roof. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that here. We have plenty of meeting space over at Texas A&M, and we have a preferred access agreement to where if you have a convention here, we will we will partner with Texas A&M and host it at Hall of Champions. Uh, we have access to, to some of their other large facilities like Reed, um, some of the meeting spaces at Kyle. The issue becomes is that you, you've got rooms across the street and throughout the community. So if you have a very large event, you have to book at multiple hotels. Yeah. And, and so transportation becomes an issue. So when you're competing with a San Marcos that has everything all under one roof, mm-hmm. um, when you're competing with these other communities that can do a one-stop shop, here's your bottom line cost for this event, 
we have to be much more nimble. You know, we, we have to be able to figure out some of the solutions for them when it comes to um, transportation and getting everyone to where they need to be because they're not all in walking distance right. uh, to those meeting facilities. And so really focusing in on our sweet spot, which is a much smaller convention versus a large one, uh, but being able to be competitive when it comes to pricing and booking those on off times when it's not a football weekend and making sure that we have the rooms available. It's it's not as easy as I originally thought, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Okay, so we've talked about pandemic. We've talked about uh, tourism. So something else you and I have sort of uh, tossed around a little bit in recent weeks is uh, how COVID-19 is already affecting how and when people will be shopping for Christmas. Right. Okay, so so the expectation is that even more people are already moving to online shopping so they can avoid being around crowds, keep themselves safe, maybe not participating in traditional Black Friday type events. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes sense for a lot of people. But I think that also creates another perilous scenario for our local businesses. So. I'm assuming you're thinking, sure, go shop early, but please do as much of it possible with our local businesses, not online, not off in some other community, but do it right here. Absolutely. You know, this this is going to be our first opportunity um, for the holidays to come in as part of the pandemic and, and to really be able to support those smaller businesses. We've supported them, um, restaurants with buying gift cards, uh, buying family meals. I mean, there's not a restaurant out there that I, that during this whole thing didn't come up with a family package mm -hmm. that, that, that folks were able to help support in that way. But this is yet another continuation of that where we have got to shop local if we're going to help these smaller businesses succeed locally. Um, and, and, and I know it's a challenge, even going into some of the larger stores, um, the academies having to, to wait wait in line necessarily, you know, if, if, the, if it's full or if it's at capacity. Yeah. But if we can plan a little bit more, that, that's what I ask, is that is that you plan and that you shop local. And there are some retailers that are doing it right. I mean, DSW the other day, um, uh, a coworker was telling me about how safe they felt when they went in to shop uh, for shoes, right. that, that they've got plexiglass in place. They have folks telling you what you need to do, what you can touch, what you can't, how you make sure that it's, that it's um, cleaned afterwards. There are folks that are doing it right here. And so if we can support those uh, those businesses by buying goods there and buying locally, it not only helps those small businesses, it helps the city as well from a sales tax perspective and, and providing those basic services. Yeah. That's, that's the way to connect the dots is right. that you're not just helping keep these small businesses open, but you're actually helping pay for city services that you've come to expect to where we are having to scale back on delivery of those kinds of services. That's right due to the reduction in the sales tax revenue. So that's the connectivity. That's right. That's yeah. right. Being able to take those, uh, we, we've already seen a huge dip in sales tax, yeah. and those sales tax dollars go to fund fire, police, our park service. Those are basic services that we all expect as, as, as citizens here. And uh, so shopping locally impacts you directly, whether whether you believe that or, or you know, or understand that or not, it, it really does. And it's, it's unrealistic to expect somebody to abandon all of their online shopping. Right. I don't think that's a fair request. But if you can do as much of it as possible, that's right, some portion of it here locally, in person, 
wow, that can make a huge difference. It can. It really can. All right. So that's that's the, the call to action on that. Moving on, one of the um, main areas of focus right now is is your office trying to to fuel that economic recovery during the Christmas holidays um, at a time when when this town kind of empties out. Right. And uh, there is a campaign that has been developed called Christmas in College Station. And economic development manager Aubrey Nettles is leading the charge on that. I can't believe you put her in charge of that. But she actually appears to be doing a fantastic job. Don't tell anyone, but she's doing a great job. Yeah. I know. So before... I bring Aubrey in here and talk to her about Christmas in College Station. you have anything at all that you, you want to say to set that up? You know, one of the things when we first started talking about bringing tourism in-house was how can we have the biggest impact? Is it is it creating new events? Is it uh, possibly expanding existing events? Okay. And Christmas is something that we really started focusing on it, when we were experienced Brown College Station trying to really weave all of the Christmas elements in and and we've really put that in a much more formal setting this year trying to capture is probably not the right word but trying to influence those folks that are already here for events whether it's Aggie football whether it's Christmas um, at Santa's Wonderland but engaging those folks directly and saying hey spend an extra night stay at our hotels um, capturing those 300,000 approximately that visited Santa's Wonderland last year and have them come into College Station and have a meal, spend the night, uh, maybe attend a basketball game while they're here, but participate in other activities that are going on as well to, to help our small businesses. Okay. So stand by. Okay. It's time to talk to Aubrey. All right. Aubrey Nettles. Yes. Welcome to All Up In Your Business. How come you haven't been on the podcast before? I've been in hiding. You've told us no every time we've invited you. This is true. Okay. Well, all that aside, setting all that aside, as economic development manager for the city of College Station, explain what it is that you do day to day and what your involvement is with economic development. Sure. So I am Natalie Reese's right-hand woman, mm -hmm. and we do a lot in tandem. Uh, I help her in all things recruitment for both industry and retail, and uh, we work together to bring businesses to College Station, to keep businesses in College Station, and to help them grow um, and answer any questions or needs that they have. So how has your role changed over the last several months as we've been dealing with the pandemic? We've been working a lot harder to keep them mm -hmm. uh, in existence, for sure, uh, a lot lately. And we have developed uh, ways in which we can help assist our businesses in a variety of ways. Uh, during COVID, and there's been a lot of pivoting mm -hmm. as of late, but uh, we're happy to do so. And so now your world sort of uh, overlaps with tourism. It does. And you are the point person for the big campaign called Christmas in College Station. Yes. So explain to us what Christmas in College Station is about, what it's designed to do. Walk us through it. Sure. So Christmas in College Station is College Station's attempt to become the premier destination for Christmas tourism during the month of December. And so what happened was we uh, looked at Santa's Wonderland and knowing that it is this huge amenity right outside of College Station, bringing in 
over 300,000 visitors a year, uh, we look to them to see how can we partner with you. And so we create a partnership with Santa's Wonderland in which um, we are working with them to uh, promote Santa's Wonderland. And they have a new venue, a new ice skating rink that will feature College Station. Really excited about that. And we're working to add additional um, events in College Station that will keep people that are coming to Santa's Wonderland in College Station for additional days to do additional things around town, whether that is um, visit our restaurants or other events in town like Holiday Hoops, which is basketball at A&M, or a concert at Reed Arena, which they're having the For King and Country concert on December 4th, mm -hmm. or uh, Movies at Olsen, which is uh, an event in which the city is going to have holiday movies at Olson Field uh, and a variety of different events at Northgate, Century Square, and uh, just a ton of other great events we're going to have around town um, in addition to our restaurants and retail and so forth. So explain how this is structured because it's not just a matter of us having Santa's Wonderland out there and, and talking about it and creating these other events on the side. There is, there is a contractual relationship that allows us to really leverage some of the reach, the marketing reach that Santa's Wonderland already has. Talk about how that is designed to, to help power this whole campaign. Sure. So Santa's Wonderland is going to be, um, they're going to be pushing out additional information on College Station and on our College Station hotels. Um, we have partnered with them so that all of our College Station hotels that are interested can become Santa certified hotels so they can offer special rates during the month of December or have special events like breakfast with Santa at their hotel or um, you know, cookies and hot chocolate, anything to really embrace this special Christmas attraction um, in College Station. And so they are further um, marketing our hotels. They are further marketing College Station and really expanding that reach on our behalf. And part of that is through that contractual relationship that we have with Santa's Wonderland. And um, and so they are just furthering the reach that they've had in past years and really focusing on greater than a 75 mile radius mm -hmm. to spread um, information on Santa's Wonderland and College Station even further. So I feel like it's safe to say that really College Station has never intentionally offered this many additional things to do during the Christmas holidays. It, it's normally a time when the when the city kind of empties out mm -hmm. and slows down. And we all just kind of accept that uh, for the most part. But really, it, it feels like the campaign that you're working on and the partnership you're getting for the business community and the hospitality community, uh, there's a huge increase in, in what's going to be offered and reasons for people who live here to invite their family, their friends to make College Station holiday headquarters, right? Absolutely. So this has been um, the first time where we've been very intentional about having events in town 
in College Station during the month of December, and it really is throughout December, starting at the beginning of December all the way up to Christmas. So it's going to be an action-packed month of December full of events uh, for families to enjoy. Okay, so as a call to action, things that you want people to know about Christmas in College Station, where can they go to start learning about uh, what's being offered and what do you want folks to do? So to find out about all of the events that are available in College Station during the month of December, you can visit christmasincs.com or visit Visit College Station social media pages to check out all of the events. Additionally, during the month of December, uh, our restaurants and businesses such as our uh, retailers will have the ability to offer specials at their businesses and they will be able to do that on our website visit christmasincs.com as well um, and so that will be another great opportunity for our businesses to showcase um, their their specials and their great amenities as well and have our um, visitors check out just a variety of different options that we have in College Station. Um, and then if we have different businesses or anyone who wants to add an event to our calendar, they're welcome to do that um, at visit.cstx.gov. Okay. That sounds perfect. If somebody wants to get in touch with you directly about any of this kind of stuff, can they do that? Yes, absolutely. I love Christmas and I love all things Christmas and College Station. So I'm happy to speak with anyone directly about that. Um, and so they can get in contact with me at anettles at cstx.gov and happy to talk all things Christmas. Aubrey, thanks a bunch for coming on the pod. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right, Nat, so let's end with some economic development news because everybody loves to know what's coming, uh, what the status of this and that is. That's mm -hmm. that's the fun stuff. So um, what are some things that you feel confident talking about that may not yet be common knowledge or just an update on some things that, that we haven't discussed in a long, a long, long time? Yeah, and I think some of the, the more recent announcements that we made um, were put on hold during COVID, uh, but we have uh, spoken with uh, five guys. They pulled their permit recently there at Chimney Hill. So they're going to start their interior finish out and plan to open uh, January of next year. Um, Snooze, the, mm -hmm. the breakfast place, is also continuing to move forward. They're going to pull their permit and plan to open in July. That's also Chimney Hill. Also Chimney Hill. Okay. Uh, we've seen the Minuti Coffee take over the Starbucks location there at Gateway um, in the Home Depot shopping center. Oh, so right. we, we, in fact, we've seen several uh, new coffee shops that uh, Dutch Brothers Coffee that are moving in, Dunkin' Donuts, as you and I have talked about. Um, there's a few other coffee places that, that we're seeing pop up around the community. There's also a new Italian place, 1860 Italia, that is out on Arrington Road that is planned to open December 1st, Italian fine dining. Uh, we're excited about that one. And uh, Tad's okay. Cuisine, um, Steak and Seafood, they're going to be opening fairly soon. They they had a rocky construction period, but uh, they're finishing up and they're opening fairly soon. Um, some of the other ones, Las Palapas, big in the San Antonio area, they're going to be moving into the Taco Cabana location. Uh, we just found that out this week. So we're That's excited terrific. about that. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, like to fill up empty spaces. 
Absolutely. Mexican food close to City Hall. You just can't go wrong. Um, And speaking of Mexican food, uh, Juanita's Tex-Mex Cantina will be moving into the old poppies at Century Square. Hmm. Uh, They've been really aggressive and filling up some of the spaces there. They have Lucchese that is going to open up a shop there as well. Um, They have some other jewelry and makeup groups that they're working with that we hope to be able to announce in the the next few months as well. So... A long time ago, we were we were discussing some future phases at Century mm-hmm. Square. Uh, what's the right. landscape for that now? The- there's two buildings that are planned out there on the pad sites right on University Drive. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about uh, La Madeline yes. that uh, that has signed a lease at that location. There are a few others that have that have signed leases. Mm-hmm. They're waiting until they get to a certain percentage of pre-leasing before they start construction. Right. COVID has kind of delayed that a bit. But their hope is to be able to start construction shortly after the first of the year. Okay. Yeah. And I'm kind of spitballing here just because I'm, I'm remembering some things that, that you and I had talked about. Any uh, indication on what the Culpepper family is thinking across the street there at uh, near University and South College? You know, we worked on a, a, a design charrette and kind of laying that out and, and looking at um, what makes sense right across from Century Square, kind mm-hmm. of in between Century Square and Northgate. Um they're really looking at the, the last time I talked to Jack, they're really looking for that initial anchor tenant yeah. um, that can really anchor that entire development. I think you'll continue to see smaller uh, restaurants, more boutique style shopping. Um, but everyone in that area is trying to land some sort of grocer. And uh, to, if we could find that grocer that could really anchor that development, yeah. I think that's what it needs to really to really kick off. Well, it'll be nice when when we start easing back it into um, into a life that most closely resembles what we had before the pandemic, because right. it seemed like all of this momentum existed and all these possibilities were there. It's going to take a while to get back to all that. I know. It will. Okay. So, how did we do? Did we cover everything? Probably. We probably covered too much. Okay. You know, I, I tend to talk way too much at these things, so. Um... You said spitballing earlier. That's what this whole thing is. <laughs> right. We'll clean it up. We'll edit all okay, the bad stuff perfect. out. All right. Perfect. That's perfect. Well, so thank you, Nat, for coming back and doing thank this. You. This was great. Thank you to everybody who uh, listened or, or was watching. And if you want to know more about how to locate or grow your business in College Station, you can visit grow.cstx.gov. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing to generate tourism for College Station, you could follow Visit College Station and Compete College Station on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tell your family, tell your friends that you want them to come visit you in College Station for the holidays this year. Steer them to christmasincs.com, as uh, Aubrey was telling us about. Make sure they're checking out the newest attractions at Santa's Wonderland. All Up In Your Business is a City of College Station and Brazos Media production. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. (music) 